0: Our scripture this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4, and then 8 through 11. There's nothing particularly exciting in those missing verses. I don't know why they left them out. I didn't make the lectionary. (laughs) The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord to display God's glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are the people whom the Lord God has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For God has clothed me with garments of salvation and has covered me with a robe of righteousness. Just like a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. These are our sacred stories. To comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit they were called the oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord the display of God's glory they shall build up the ancient ruins they shall raise up the former devastations they shall repair the ruined city the devastation of many generations as I mentioned in the time for children these promises must have been hard to hear The recently returned exiles who heard these words must have found them hollow as they looked around their beloved city, seeing troubled relationships and power struggles with those who were not exiled. There were no signs of rebuilding, not of the temple, not of the homes, not of the city. Facing such a difficult reality, these promises of comfort and restoration and joy must have seemed so far off. Perhaps they seemed impossible altogether. The prophet though, surely the prophet knows that grief and pain and loss are not all that there is, not the end of the story. Surely the prophet knows that joy is not all there is either not the end of the story. Love never dies, and that truth, that gift, is accompanied by the further truth that grief is never over. We live always in the paradox, joy and sorrow, love and grief. It seems to me that while joy may indeed come in the morning, it does not cancel out the anguish of the night. And likewise, when pain breaks into the brightest day, it does not end the joy. All of it, together, not one or the other. And so when joy comes, lean in. Feel it, savor it, touch it, taste it, take a picture with your imagination And when sorrow comes, lean in, feel it, keep your hands on it and hold it close to you. And when you have them both together, which so often you will, hold them both together, you are enough. You have capacity you've not even imagined. You don't have to pick both and together. We didn't even have a baby bed yet. We expected to have three more months to prepare for my brother's birth, but it came too soon. And we were not ready. Many of you have met my brother Blake over the years. He hasn't been here recently because he was stationed in England and now in Germany. Blake's due date was in November. He was born in May. He weighed one pound and 15 ounces at birth. In 1987, babies as premature as Blake was almost never survived. None of his doctors or nurses in the NICU expected him to live. His brother and sister did not expect him to live, his father did not expect him to live, and his mother was dead his mother, our mother, died the day that he was taken from her womb. Much like the unexpected possibilities of joy in Isaiah 61, Blake arrived into our despair. He didn't end our grief. He didn't make everything better. And he did bring a garland in the midst of our ashes. Nothing would bring our mother back. And Blake gave us a tangible reason to get up, to smile, to keep going. Several years ago, sometime before lockdown, I don't know, time was tricky. I went to hear Rob Bell preach about Ecclesiastes. I know that he somehow connected Ecclesiastes with sorrow and joy, but I couldn't remember his exact words. Conveniently, I found an article entitled, Rob Bell, on Joy, Suffering, and the Brilliance of Ecclesiastes. (laughs) The internet, you know? Bell said, a lot of modern people get tied up in knots over Ecclesiastes because they try to read it like you would read self-help. Here's how to get happy. And I say, no, no, here's how to get so sad that you might actually find joy. There's a certain subversion to it, if you can tune into it, and it changes your life. He continues, a lot of people say, just try really, really hard to live a happy life, but they end up more miserable than ever. Some of our capitalist ideas about just get a bunch of stuff, be healthy and accumulate some nice things, avoid the bad things and you'll be happy. They leave people more miserable than ever. So we have this ancient tradition that says, no, no, go about it totally differently. Go into the heart of all the sadness and the anxiety and the loss. Go all the way into it, and on the other side, you might actually find something. He continues, for many people, joy is if I could just get my life all cleaned up and get to the top of the mountain. I could just escape all the grit and sweat and grime of life, the bills, the problems, the annoying coworkers, the obnoxious neighbors but joy is about your eyes opening to the absurdity, to the funny, to the unexpected surprises, to the creativity. It's right below the surface everywhere. You don't need to go to the mountaintop. So you show up at work and that strange coworker goes on and on about how much they love tuna salad and you think, this person exists, look at them and you delight in that. It's like you have a whole new lens for everything. Lean into the absurdity, he says, because God is there. I know we're not reading Ecclesiastes today, and I think Bell is right. The suffering is connected to the joy, just like in Isaiah. One does not require the other, certainly not and we can survive the despair when it comes, and it will. Life is fragile and fleeting. We can survive the despair when it comes if we will lean into the joy that surrounds us. <sighs> I don't mean the, just the joy of magical moments that happen rarely, I mean the joy of every moment. The butterfly eclipse as you walk into church, the overheard laughter, the friend whose quirky habits bring a smile to your face, the cat videos, the dog so pleased to see you, the choir, the love in the face of another human being walking this precious and precarious life near you. We don't have to pick, my friends. Every May 31st is my brother's birthday and the anniversary of my mother's death, and every one of them, there's the deepest sadness I've ever known, sadness that snatches my breath. And there's such joy, such pride and delight, both, not one or the other. Each day of happiness for me has also been a day of sorrow. And I'm here to tell you that one does not erase the other. So I'd like Isaiah instead of, instead of this, instead of language he uses, right? He says a garland instead of ashes. Let's, let's just talk about this, Isaiah. How about both? How about both? To give a garland with the ashes, oil of gladness with the morning, the mantle of praise with a faint spirit together. The joy is here, it's all around us. Sorrow and pain need not be our only companions. So this Advent, let's be surprised anew by joy, everyday joy that's everywhere so often where we least expect to find it. Amen.